But, of course, you're right. He did have the TV career of Mr. Belvedere is the yeah. series that comes to, uh, to my mind with him on, on TV. Uh, I don't know. I, I did not give your pedigree, but uh, I guess it's all right. I guess I should say that, uh, well, as far as I know, you know more about minor league baseball than, than anybody I know of. And, in fact, uh, part of your livelihood these these days has been working with the Durham Bulls. If you if your voice sounds familiar, you're the public address announcer for the Durham Bulls most of the time and also work in some other capacities with uh, the training centers of a number yeah, of Yeah, I uh, do teams. spring training PA for the Kansas City Royals and Texas Rangers in Arizona, and then in the fall, the Arizona Fall League. But, of course, I was cut short in spring training this year, and uh, we have uh, no minor league baseball, so hopefully we'll get uh, back going in the saddle again with the Arizona Fall League here in a couple of months. Okay, well, let's let's go to, to, to one item. I'll ask you about certain items. One, minor league baseball. The news came, I think, late last week that there was not going to be any minor league baseball this year. Talk about that. Yes, no affiliated minor league baseball this year. Major league baseball said they would not be supplying any uh, players to affiliated minor league teams this year. So that means, in essence, there can be no affiliated minor league baseball this year. And uh, for some teams who were already on a contraction list, uh, sort of a hit list with our uh, baseball commissioner, Rob Banford, including the Burlington Royals. Uh, they may have seen their last game ever because that contraction list, although this is not set in stone yet, uh, is supposed to go into effect for the 2021 season. And and I'm going to ask you as a good interview would do because we don't know who who's listening and what they know what what are you talking about when you say a contraction list uh, 42 teams that uh rob manford wants to get rid of in the minor leagues uh basically wiping out much of short season baseball including the appalachian league where the burlington royals play uh the pioneer league up in montana and that area and some teams from the new york 10 league as well so basically you have a lot fewer minor league affiliated uh teams next year. Now, we should always make the distinction when we talk about minor league baseball. There are two different kinds of minor league baseball. There's affiliated minor league baseball, which is the official minor league baseball. But there's also independent minor league baseball that has no connection to the corporate minor league baseball. Uh, Leagues like the Atlantic League and the Frontier League and the American Association. There's only one of those teams in North Carolina, and that's the uh, High Point Rockers in the Atlantic League. And let, let me say, uh, just make my two cents co- contribution that the official baseball, the first of those two that you named, most of the players, uh, you you will correct me if I get this wrong, are actually owned by the major league organizations and they control them contractually. Yes, all of the players. All of the players. Okay, I didn't know if, uh, say, uh, the Bulls wanted to hire a local guy who could really hit home runs, if they could do it independently. Cannot do that. Uh, Cannot do that. It's totally under the control in the case of the Bulls of the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. That may be news to somebody, and and everything I've learned about baseball, almost all of it in the last 40 years, has been from you and our our friend Dave Chase. So that's, uh, uh, I have to keep checking it. Now, that, that, that takes care of minor league baseball. At the same time, uh, negotiations were going on to produce 
a Major League Baseball season foreshortened to, what, about 62 games. Where does that yeah. stand right now? Well, that's, uh, the negotiations are over. In fact, the summer camp has already begun for the Major League teams. And they're due at the uh, opening day is July 23rd, and uh, for a few teams, and July 24th uh, for the rest, which will be a good birthday present for me because that's my birthday. But uh, we will finally get baseball back again later this month. As I mentioned, summer training or summer camp, as they're calling it, is underway now uh, in the home ballparks of all the teams, not utilizing the uh, spring training facilities in in Florida and in uh, Arizona. But uh, you've also had a lot of players who have either, uh, one, tested positive for COVID-19 or have opted out uh, because of COVID-19. And there are two different kinds of opting out for players. One, if they're in one of the groups that is on the heightened danger list, they can opt out and still be paid. Those who opt out who are not on uh, in any enhanced danger underlying uh, concerns, they will not be paid, but they're allowed to still opt out this year. And the pay would uh, that they would get would be prorated on the portion of the season that they actually were involved in the game. Yeah, well, that was part of the, a lot of the okay. negotiations. But if you opt out and you're not to uh, somebody with an underlying cause, you don't get any money at all. Uh, an example of that, a couple of them came up this week. Uh, uh, Nick Marcakis uh, with the Atlanta Braves and uh, uh, David Price uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers, among others. Uh, uh, Zimmerman with the uh, world champion Nationals. They have all opted out for the season. Now, we've, what we've also seen uh, is Major League Baseball preventing some of the older coaches from being actively involved this year, including a real good friend of mine, Bill Evers, the catching coach for the Minnesota Twins and former Durham Bulls manager. He and the uh, bullpen coach for the Twins, Bob McClure, uh, are out because of their age this year and the fact that uh, they're believed to be at uh, further risk for COVID-19. Rusty Koontz, the longtime first base coach of the Kansas City Royals in that category, and uh, uh, Brad Mills, the uh, bench coach for the Cleveland Indians. What about managers? It seems like I heard a, a list of three or four on some sports cast this week. And Ron, Ron Gardenhauer, I think he's with the Tigers now, isn't he? Yes, he's the Tigers manager, but he'll, he'll still be there, although he is in the, that enhanced danger category, as is Dusty Baker. Uh, with the Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. They'll I still be there. was mentioned, uh, too. Well, I've got a question. Uh, we'll come from all questions about this, but we we need to take a break. And since you are a professional broadcaster, another thing I didn't mention is you, you frequently fill in on WPTF uh, uh, as a news guy. And uh, it's always good to hear your booming voice coming out. And uh, So I always well, feel you, really sure, Tony. Uh, but we're going to take a break now and come back. And the question I'm going to ask you, and this can be a tease, is will the games that are played, the 60 or 62 games, will they be, be played before spectators? But you'll have to come back after this to find out the answer to that. Tom Kearney here, and we're talking baseball tonight. John, we should have gotten out uh, the uh, Talking Baseball song tonight for Tony. Tony Rigsby is our guest, and uh, it's been a while, all the way back to January, and there was maybe a 
I don't remember if we had any snow. We probably didn't, but it was certainly chillier than it is tonight. The last time we talked baseball, and I, I tried to set you up for a question, Tony, and I was trying to explain some of this to Mrs. Kearney today. Uh, I was using her as a my, my uh, focus group, and uh, she wanted to know if uh, if there were going to be fans in the stands at the Major League Baseball games. Well, not initially, Tom, uh, but uh, there may be fans before the end of the season. But uh, as the uh, teams begin their play, uh, later this month, there will not be uh, fans in the stands. Um, we've seen that around the world. Uh, in Korea, there's been a lot of Korean baseball on the, on the TV. Uh, they've had, you know, some cutouts in the stands. In Japan, the season started a few weeks ago without fans. Uh, beginning later this week, though, they will allow fans in Japan. So the hope is uh, that there will be fans in the stands before the end of the season. Now, I should point out, uh, I sort of didn't finish when we were talking about uh, minor league baseball. Uh, there are some independent teams that are playing, particularly in uh, in Texas, in uh, in Sugarland, Texas. The Sugarland Skeeters have sort of put together a league of their own, and they do have fans there. Also, some summer collegiate teams, including some of the southern teams in the Coastal Plain League. Uh, particularly the Savannah Bananas and the Macon Bacon and a couple of teams like that, they are playing with some fans in the stands. Uh, there is another uh, independent minor league team called the United Shores Professional Baseball League. They play all their games. Every team in that league plays in one stadium. Uh, it's in suburban Detroit, and they are playing with some fans. So there are some games that allow fans here and there around the country, but and the major is not uh, initially when the season starts on July 23rd. Uh, a question that I didn't know I was going to get to ask. I've got a couple more, but on those Korean broadcasts, who are the sportscasters? There's one that's just an older guy, and I can't remember what his name is. I am not sure because usually they're in the early morning when I am working, so I don't really get to see much of them. Uh, a lot of what I'm finding out about the Korean teams comes from my friend Mark Wiedemeyer, who is the bench coach for the Kia Tigers in the uh, – in the Korean League. Ah, you've got you've got contacts everywhere. Okay. Yeah, when you've been about baseball as long as I have, you, you you know people who stretch out all over the place. Oh, I know it. I know it. If if we needed a scoop anytime, you probably could find the guy that had it. Well, let me something else that was on the schedule, uh, and and then we we can take the baseball season apart and answer questions like, will there be a World Series? Will there be an All Star game? But I did notice today. And I had heard this before, I think, and I just had forgotten it, but the Hall of Fame ceremonies are going to be postponed this year. They normally would be taking place in the latter part of July. That's right. They're going to be combined, and the uh, the inductees uh, for this year will be inducted next year along with the uh, with the class of, uh, of 2021. Now, that was actually announced a good while back. Now, yeah. uh, for those of you who might want to go to Cooperstown this summer, the Hall of Fame itself, did just reopen last week after being closed for several months. So you can still go up to Cooperstown and uh, take the tour through the Hall of Fame. However, you have to have a reservation. You can't just walk in as you were always able to do in the past. Well, it's worth it's worth the trip. And I've always always remarked when we get to this point, Tony, that it's one of the few places when Mrs. Kearney and I went there, she said, you know, Tom, this is a pretty town. I think I could live here. But it is a beautiful well, if, uh, place to be. Particularly, you know, you, 
people who aren't even interested in baseball who might be uh, literature fans of James Fenimore Cooper can certainly find a lot there, too. But uh, I've been to all of the major halls of fame, and the Baseball Hall of Fame is by far the best. And um, I've been there on numerous occasions and certainly hope to go back again. Um, I sort of spew, ran off a little spiel, but there, there will, I'm guessing, no All-Star game or anything like that, but there will be a World Series at the end of the season. Right. Well, the official announcement was made last week that the All-Star game uh, for this year, which was scheduled for Dodger Stadium for the first time in 40 years, uh, has been canceled. Dodger Stadium will uh, get the game two years from now in 2022 can't move it to 2021 because the Atlanta Braves had uh, already uh, been awarded the game for uh, their ballpark, which has a new name, Truist Park, um, for, for next year. Uh, but Dodger Stadium will get it in, uh, in 2022. And Dodger Stadium is a, is a great ballpark, so I'm glad to see it coming back there, which will actually make only the second time the game has ever been held uh, in Dodger Stadium. Uh, the franchise, it'll be their third All-Star game. It was held once in the in the 1950s in Ebbets Field in, uh, in Brooklyn. Well, Dodger Stadium, or what I think they called when the uh, when the Angels used it, it was Chavez Ravine, is one of the older parks around now, I believe, isn't it? It is. It is, I believe, uh, the third oldest ballpark. Uh, following the oldest is Fenway Park, and then Wrigley Field, and then uh, Dodger Stadium. Uh, and Dodger Stadium, uh, of course, didn't open until the early 1960s, but that was a long time ago now. I mean, we're talking about uh, 60 years ago. It is a long time ago. Well, here's a trivia question for you, Tony. When the Dodgers played in uh, the Coliseum, I think, is where they played, yeah. what was a moonshot? That was a Wally Moon home run. Right. Uh, he, he learned how to scoop the ball over. I think the the uh, outfield on the right field there was about 250 feet or something like that. And you had Wally to... Moon, interestingly, is a, is a very interesting character. Not only did he have a, a long major league career as a player, later he was a minor league manager, and then he became a minor league owner after that. So uh, not that many who've uh, gone through all three of those phases of involvement with baseball. Now, my, my, my listening audience, they now see that all I have to do is just pride you a little bit, Tony, and you come up with all the necessary information uh, along the way. But uh, I've always thought that was a good name for the for scooping, you know, just learning to hit the ball over the fence. Uh, we've got uh, a couple of minutes now. Actually, we've got about a minute left. Anything else that we want to add to the baseball thing? We'll come back and talk some more about baseball, but I... Uh, I want to check with you about the other sports after we take the break here and see what you know about them and what kind of arrangements they may or may not have made. Uh, you want to do that now or you want to do that after the break? Do that, let's do that after the break. We've only got okay. about uh, about 40 seconds before we take the break here. Time for Gail Hurd. Gail Hurd, yes, with the news and, uh, and a check on CBS News and find out what's going on around the world. And I can also take time, Tony, to promote what's going to be on tomorrow night. Um, I've always wanted to do this, and I've never done it. And uh, it's to do a program that I call Teen Angels. Uh, do you remember when songs like Teen Angel were around, Tony? Oh, uh, yeah, that uh, late 50s, early 60s. Uh, yeah, when, when when somebody gets to tell Laura I love her and uh, last kiss. Well, 
we're going to talk about those tomorrow and play a few of them uh, tomorrow night. And so we'll invite anybody who's listening tonight to, to tune in tomorrow night. We'll be back after the news. Hank and Charlie slugging Tiger Baseball. Schoolboy did the chucking. Goose Goslin made a posing picture screen. Then Georgie Kelly came upon the scene. John I'm talking baseball. He and I are dedicating that to Tony Rigsby and all the Tiger fans that are around. Uh, uh, Tony uh, is, uh, I guess, a little dated now because some of the names are not brand new, but uh, it's still uh, good to talk baseball. Well, I tell you, Tom, it's always good to hear Terry Cashman and all his versions of Talking Baseball. That's the Tigers version. By the way, we're coming up on the 39th anniversary of Terry Cashman's original uh, Talking Baseball, which uh, debuted during the uh, the 1981 season uh, uh, and became a staple at, at ballparks around the country and is my favorite baseball song ever. I know there are a lot of people who like center field, but uh, talking baseball is by far my favorite. Well, that's understandable. You being a a Tigers fan as you are, and uh, yeah, and there's a version of that for every team that mm-hmm. uh, right, right. That, that that Terry Cashman did. But the original talking baseball uh, was, you know, generic. You know, basically the subtitle of that was Willie Mickey and the Duke, and uh, was talking about the three center fielders in New York City in the 1950s, and contrasting that with the 1980s and uh, uh, you know, there's a line in there about the great Alexanders pitching again in Washington. That was a reference to, to Ronald Reagan, who had just become president in 1981 and had played uh, Grover Cleveland Alexander in the movies. Oh, Pete Alexander. You know, uh, one of the things that I have watched while uh, there hasn't been any baseball to watch is not only those uh, things about the great announcers uh, of all time, but... Uh, some interviews with some players like Hank Aaron, and the one that I really enjoyed was uh, Willie Mays talking about the time when when he was he was asked to play right field, so Duke could put Duke Snyder could play center field. But I think it was when maybe they were having the All Star game in Evans Field or something like that, and he thought, well, that's not my position, but I'm going to play it anyway. And probably yeah, one interesting in thing about was, Willie Mays in All Star games was that for many years in the 1960s. And I'm much more of a 1960s person than I am a 1950s person. In the 1960s, uh, in the All-Star game for many years in a row, Willie Mays hit in the leadoff position in the All-Star game, which is something he didn't do in the regular season, of course. Oh, I can remember one of those games, and it may have been in the years when they had two games, but he uh, somehow walked, I think, stole second or got a hit. Anyway, he he scored a run almost without any help. And... uh, and he, when he was the leadoff hitter. Uh, now, that takes somebody with a real memory to remember when they had two All-Star games because they only did that for four years, uh, from 1959 uh, through uh, 1962. And the second All-Star game in those four years was to build up the players' pension fund. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, no, I, I remember those, and I can remember... I mean, that was when we did, didn't really have a good NBC affiliate in the market, and you had to go... If you were people like me to strange places to no well they weren't strange, but you could sit at home and watch it. I, I can remember going to the Y and watching it on the T V in the lobby one time and uh anyway, we all know about that. Let's let's check your brains on some other things and then we'll come back and sort of resume what we have said about uh, the baseball season. Um and some some local things. The the uh, 
the Hurricanes, I think, had more time recently within the last week when they got together for the first time to do a little, little uh, uh, warming up and so on. But uh, and the National Hockey League has apparently figured out some way for a play down. But how is all that going? Well, the, uh, they'll begin with the playoffs uh, when the season resumes on on August the first, and the Carolina Hurricanes will be in that playoff uh, scenario for the. For the NHL, uh, now you contrast that to the NBA. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets will not be playing when the NBA resumes, and the NBA will be playing all of their games at the uh, uh, Disney Wide World of Sports Complex in uh, Lake Buena Vista, Florida, right outside of of, uh, of Orlando, uh, when they resume around the same time as the NHL. The NHL will be playing their games in a couple of pub cities, but those have not been officially announced unless they've been announced since I left the station at 5 o'clock this afternoon, but they had not been announced at that point. And the, the, as you say, the NBA players are going to be in what they're calling a bubble where they're insulated and they won't play before any fans, but they're all going to play on the, on the same course in, in Orlando. Is that right? Uh, yeah, well, a couple of different courts uh, okay. at the Disney Wide World Sports Complex. They have a couple of different facilities they're going to use. Something that will certainly be of interest to, uh, and I'm, I'm sort of working on this because there is a lot of local interest, but are we going to have uh, a college football season? Well, uh, that is still to be determined. And uh, not only are we going to have a, a college football season, but if we do, what will be the shape of it? Now, I think the, the intention as of right now, is to have one. But there's still been uh, some universities that have announced they wouldn't be uh, playing this year. Uh, so it, that is a question that, to which there is no answer at this point. Uh, I, I certainly hope they do, but uh, it's far from a sure thing right now. Well, we're only now, the NFL, I think, is, a, is NFL is pretty much a lock that the NFL is going to play. The NFL, okay, I was going to stay in, in, in the world of hoops for a moment, but since we're talking football, you do think that will, the NFL season will go on? Yes, I think you know, uh, Commissioner Goodell has made it uh, pretty obvious that uh, they're going to find a way to, to play the NFL season, which is a lot easier to do than it is with college football because of several factors. One of the fact that there's a unified leader in, uh, in Commissioner Charles Goodell, there's there's not a commissioner of college football. You know, you have all the individual schools uh, that have, you're dealing with athletic directors and also with uh, university presidents and chancellors who uh, will make different decisions in different parts of the country. Interestingly enough, it was just last week that the NCAA did uh, designate the presidents and chancellors as uh, the decision makers on that in the past there have been the faculty athletic representatives uh, that position has pretty much been abolished now you know simply be uh, the, these councils will be made up of, uh, of presidents and chancellors that's interesting news i knew uh, john and i were talking during the break about the new stuff we'd already found out from you tonight so that's football so we may see the team from washington play whatever they may be calling them this year yeah, that'll be interesting, you know, uh, whether uh, they remain as the Redskins or if uh, uh, what the alternative nickname that has been uh, getting some uh, 
some airtime and some ink the last few days is the the Red Tails, which would be in honor of the Tuskegee Airmen, whose planes had the uh, the red uh, the red tail uh, during World War II. Are you so, saying red uh, tails as in the rear end? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I was wondering about that. And for the first time... T-A-I-L-S, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that would, in fact, be an interesting thing, given the history of the Washington Redskins. So, in fact, as a matter of fact, there was uh, one uh, rendering of a potential logo that would basically alter the existing uh, Redskins logo pretty easily uh, to pay tribute to that. But none of this is known at this point. You know, they're just looking at it. Dan Snyder, the owner, and... Uh, and uh, uh, Commissioner Goodell are looking at that, as are uh, the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, I was going to say, for the first time, well, I don't know for the first time, but uh, I, they have, they have uh, uh, expressed some, uh, They, of course, they were going to do away with the logo. Uh, I think they have done away with the logo in the last couple of years. What is the interesting, Chief I Wahoo remember, logo, yeah. remember reading one time is the original Cleveland team was called the Indians because there were, in fact, a number of Indians on the team. True, and uh, yeah, of course, that team was actually called the Lajueys at one point, yeah, too. exactly. Lajue being Napoleon, who was their, their shortstop. And I, I just was going to smart off a little bit and say the Redskins seem to be following the example of St. John's, who used to be called the Red Men, and now they're called the Red Tide or something like that. The collegiate And, team. of course, you know, you can go way back, but college is changing at the... Uh, the Stanford Indians became the Stanford Cardinal over 40 years ago. And we have to remember Florida State, but the Seminoles have indicated that they're they're not concerned about the name. Now, the Seminole Nations actually in, like that, and uh, they've made it pretty clear they do not want Florida State to change their name, as opposed to you know, some other schools like the, uh, the Fighting Sioux that were changed. Okay, let's see. It's 943. Let's take a break here. When we come out, let's talk about basketball, collegiate basketball. We've already mentioned NBA, but we can talk a little bit about collegiate basketball and uh, any other thing that that happens to be on your mind tonight. I guess I've sort of dictated the the track we were taking. And, of course, we've had two sports that have, have been back for quite a while now, and that's golf and racing. Yes. Yes, and we we can find out your opinions about that, too. Tony Rigsby, our sports guy tonight, hadn't talked to him in a long time, and he's got a wealth of knowledge, and uh, it uh, with all the stuff that's going on, it's kind of confusing trying to keep up with what's going on, and he's helping us about tonight. We may have to have him back more often, or at least before too long, as things begin to settle down so he can keep us straight on what's going on. But we'll be back with the rest of tonight's program in just a couple of minutes. And we're talking baseball and, and also lots of other sports as we try to get, get a sense of exactly what's going to happen vis-a-vis the... the, uh, the uh, Tony, I don't know why I can't say the, uh, the name of the coronavirus, but uh, I'm, I'm working on it. There. Well, it has several different names. We can say coronavirus, we can say COVID-19, but... Uh, okay, that, uh, that's what I'll go with the short has an version impact, of it. yeah. Uh, but uh, co- what do you say, COVID-19, okay? COVID-19, yeah. Okay, Tony Rigsby is also a news guy on WPTF, and you hear him frequently. And uh, so if his voice sounds for me, also the public address announcer for the Durham Bulls when they are playing, and 
one of the things that caused me to call him up last week and say, can you come talk with us is the minor league baseball season has been uh, canceled by the major league uh, uh, baseball teams who control the minor league teams, uh, of the minor league teams that they control. We've talked about most things, Tony. You mentioned uh, uh, a couple of things we'll come back to, but what about college basketball? Do you have any sense of that? Uh, no, will be absolutely played? none. That's that's probably what we know less about than anything else because it's uh, it's a, a good ways away, and a lot will depend on what happens with college football this fall, I think. Right, right. But uh, uh, the situation with with most sports, it seems to be that they're going to be played not before fans in 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 the stands. Is that is that what you you see? Well, the NFL at this point definitely is planning to play with fans. And, you know, we've already seen uh, fans come back in NASCAR, uh, these last few NASCAR races uh, that they've had uh, in, in some of these states. That The hope for Major League Baseball and many of these others is that eventually they'll get the fans back in if, and it's a big if, uh, if you're able to blunt the, the curve of the uh, coronavirus around the country. So, uh, again, much to be decided now. I don't think anybody anticipates that you'll be playing in front of full stadium. Uh, but, uh, you know, crowds, uh, hope is, you know, 20% maybe to begin with, and then maybe 50% of capacity a little bit around, but, uh, you know, it's yet to be seen whether any of that can actually happen or not. Well, the element of, of distance, uh, social distance still appears to be along with the mask, uh, a big to play a big factor in the spread of the the, the virus. So, uh, yeah, and also there might be, uh, you know, as we have at the radio station, uh, uh, temperature checks may be required. Uh, uh, well, you know, Tom, you you haven't noticed this as much, but uh, at the radio station, we have to take our temperature every day when we come in and sign a log, and uh, it'll be a lot like that at a lot of these facilities once they start allowing fans back in. Well, actually, I haven't been there since that was the case because you know I was incarcerated in a. Uh, that's the wrong word, but I yeah. And we should salute John Sauter for that reason tonight, because uh, to use the old Barney Fife term, this is an electronal marvel that John is able to uh, pull this all together. Because you're at your home in Raleigh, I'm at my home in Durham, and John is at the uh, at the WPTF studios. He's able to weave all of this together seamlessly, and John is the best, and we salute it. And he does he does a good job at it, at it too. And we're going to see if he can play some records tomorrow night, as a matter of fact, as we visit the world of teen tragedy. Um, let's go back for a minute, because I, I did not know that the, the NASCAR races, I know when they, they raced at Darlington, they, the people, which was sort of the opener of the, the return to racing, that they, I don't believe, had fans there. They had to pick That was Darlington. Uh, they did not have fans. Uh, uh, the first race where they had fans was in Homestead, Florida. Uh, a very small group of fans. And as a matter of fact, that's why they moved the All-Star race from Charlotte to Bristol uh, so they could have fans uh, for the All-Star race because the state of Tennessee did not have the restrictions that North Carolina has on uh, fans in the stands. It's interesting the places where they have races. You and I can remember when Darlington was the big race. And I think the Homestead race course I'm not even sure it was there when Hurricane Andrew came through because, you know, it pretty much wiped out Homestead, Florida. Yeah, yeah, it did wipe out the Cleveland Indian Spring Training Facility in Homestead. No, Homestead came in later, and Homestead has been for um, 
many years the final race on the NASCAR circuit of the season. That is no longer the case. Uh, uh, the Phoenix International Raceway is now the final race of the season. And, uh, okay, so that, that's what I had learned about that. And, and golf is, I suspect, uh, a sport that is one of the easier to control the situations they want to control. They just, I guess, are not having any any, any, any spectators, but they're just playing golf. No, not so far. They're anticipating them, I think, uh, an event in late July, having fans for the first time. But it's easy to social distance uh, uh, with golf. Uh, oh, yeah. Very okay. easy to do that. Now, you know, the uh, the other sport that came back, and uh, everything is in reverse order this year, or a jumbled order, is uh, triple crown racing. And I watched the Belmont Stakes, which is normally the uh, final leg in horse racing's triple crown. This year it was the first leg. And, you know, not being able to see much live sports, I thoroughly enjoyed the broadcast of the uh, Belmont Stakes back in June. And uh, and I think we're going to have the Kentucky Derby in September and the Preakness in October and November. One more thing, That's too. Right. What about tennis? we got to do this quickly because we're just about out of time. Uh, I think the, uh, a lot of the tennis tournaments have uh, have been canceled this year. Uh, uh, you know, Wimbledon and, and the, uh, the traditional events uh, are no longer with us. Uh, tennis is one of those that's harder to social distance than for sure. Well, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, the guy who's ranked number one, whose name I, I cannot remember at the moment, actually had a little party, and they sort of, it, it was a bad judgment thing, because he ended yes, up being Yes, tested. it was. Pardon me? Yes, it was bad judgment, and indeed. And uh, to be bragging about it, and then you come down with it uh, a few days later. That should be embarrassing. Tony, yeah. thanks for visiting with us. Will you come back before too long? We'll do it, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Tony Rigsby, our sports guy. You can hear him on WPTF uh, doing the news throughout the day, many days of the week. He sort of fills in. We'll be back tomorrow night to talk about Teen Angels.